Hello and welcome to the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I am Clint. We are celebrating St. Patrick's Day by recording tonight on St. Patrick's Day. Did you know it was St. Patrick's Day, Daniel? Uh, I learned it was St. Patrick's Day about 30 minutes ago. Yeah. When I was eating dinner from my like my kids told me it was St. Patrick's Day. Right. I I was uninformed. Um, do you know why I didn't know it was St. Patrick's Day? Because you don't know another human outside your kids and your wife. Because I'm no longer in high school or middle school or <laughs> elementary school. Like that's that is why. that's, that's why. I uh, no longer need an excuse to have an adult beverage. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not looking for a holiday. To tell me that it's okay. My college um, roommates, uh, St. Patrick's Day was huge for them because I woke up in the morning and everything that could have been dyed green was in fact dyed green. See, I just don't. When you're living in times like this, when you're living under some, some quarantine situations mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. listen, guys, you're wearing whatever is available to you to wear. Like that's not we can't be getting into specifics of like I got to find something green. In my closet, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. Oh, okay. Like you understand, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. We can all be. We're going to be thankful thankful for that. Uh, Hey, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. You found the best spot to talk about UGA sports, football, basketball, with two guys who love talking about UGA sports. Uh, Daniel and I are pretty much diehard Georgia fans. Not pretty much. It's going to go on a tombstone somewhere. Very much. Very Um, much. We're going to have a Kirby... Kirbanese is going to find its way into our eulogy. Mm-hmm. People will Kirbanese our eulogy to death. Um, That's correct. So if if the corona takes me, just find some <laughs> find some Kirby pressers and let cut that and be pace. my swung. Cut, cut and paste, paste in the eulogy. Uh, but we're glad <laughs> Clint just wanted to eat, and so he went to that very crowded restaurant. <laughs> I didn't, and he contracted the coronavirus. I did the thing because they. They have cl- they have all you can eat clams here. Oh, that sounds like a winner. <laughs> That's that sounds like a guaranteed good time. Uh, good hey, boy. Daniel and I don't take each other very seriously or ourselves very seriously, and uh, we just like talking like fans do on this podcast. I take myself moderately seriously. I do not take you seriously <laughs> at all. <laughs> I noticed that you slipped that in there. Like I it's did. not. I. Did. I um, I take myself moderately seriously, but no, Clint, I don't take seriously at all. We are Georgia fans. That's who we are, first and foremost. We're not experts or gurus or we're not trying to break any news for you. We're not trying to uh, give you an insight into uh, recruits and their backstories. And, you know, we're not calling up their aunt and seeing if we can get them on the podcast to record. I mean, although... Mikhail Sherman's aunt, like if you're listening to the show, like if you want to, if you want to come on, it's, we'd love to have you. The Lord knows there's no spring practice to talk about. There's nothing, there's nothing else to, to do. So, uh, no, we're Georgia fans. You're Georgia fans. We're glad that you're, uh, here with us. Thanks for listening. If you're new to the podcast, if you're old to the podcast, we appreciate the listen. We appreciate the download. If you like the, the show at all, it, it helps us out. The best thing you can do for us, just subscribe to the show. That really does uh, help out a tremendous amount. Doesn't doesn't hurt you at all and helps us a bunch. And um, if you really like the show, you can leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to reach out to us, if you have a comment or a question or insight or feedback or anything that you want to share with us uh, and you want to get in touch with us, there's two ways to do that. You can do that via email at lockedonbulldogs at gmail.com or you can do that via Twitter at dogspodcast. 
while on Twitter, just be for one. I do not recommend that you spend any time scrolling around no. because nope. it is nothing but just the darkness of people's souls in in their house arrest, home quarantine. Like just the truly, you thought Twitter couldn't get any worse, mm-hmm. but coronavirus said, "Hold my cheap Mexican beer, and oh, you did it. I will." You did it. I will show you how Twitter can get a lot worse. Uh, no, we're glad that you're here. Um, uh, we are we're here every day. Today is Wednesday, the day after St. Patrick's Day. We are recording on Tuesday night. Obviously, St. Patrick's Day was today. Uh, but we're not talking about that. Um, we yeah. are talking about a team that wears green, though, in honor of this uh, St. Patrick's Day. We're nice talking time. about the um, uh, got a little sh- some Sugar Bowl thoughts. All right, there's no football on TV. Listen. Spring practice has been canceled. Yeah. G Day has been canceled. Mm-hmm. March Madness was canceled. Mm-hmm. The Masters has been moved and will likely be canceled. Mm-hmm. We lost probably the rest of the NBA season. We mm-hmm. lost definitely the beginning, if not a good portion of the Major League Baseball season. At this mm-hmm. point, sports fans, Georgia fans, friends, compatriots, you ought to be doing nothing but praying. To the good Lord above, that this does not impact, that this does not carry on into August uh-huh. and into fall practice. Daniel, that is family, that is that family. is your only uh-huh. that should be your only focus at this point. Yeah. No, I I legitimately had friends and family who, no joke, Daniel, brought this up over dinner. They said, Clint, um, I didn't want to bring this up earlier, but what what would have happened if this virus would have hit in the mid- middle of college football season? And I just stared blankly back at them, and I said, after a few seconds of silence, uh, I said, "You, you take that back. Don't, you don't, don't even speak it. Don't even you even speak it. Don't even." Uh, so yes, praying that that won't happen. Uh, but we did have some football on TV. It was a replay of last year's Sugar Bowl against Baylor, the team in green. Uh, and I had some thoughts on it, Daniel, as I watched it. If you hearken back and remember, it was good. Good game. Well-performed game by all the lads. It was great. I do recall. I do great recall. Victory. Started a little slow. Started. But we mm-hmm. we found the gas, and um, we ended up, yeah, we ended up uh, cruising to a fairly comfortable win, I would say, yeah. um, against Baylor. So we're going to talk about that. We got some thoughts and opinions. We got some things that stood out to us. Um, yeah. All right. Let's start there, Daniel. All right. Let's do Here that. Uh, where do you want to start? You want I, to start on the defensive side or the offensive side? I want to start. Well, we're going to tomorrow's podcast. We're going to talk about Zamir White and we're going to talk about players that we need to see something in. We're going to put heavy air quotes around the term spring. OK, deep. This down, oh, yeah. Let's not, we'll, <laughs> I threw up in my mouth a little bit. Uh, let's not even get into that. Yeah, we're going to deep dive into the Zamir White story. So we will kind of we'll kind of leave him off. We'll curtail um, him a bit. Uh, but, Daniel, I want to talk about the offense, and I want to talk about two specific players on the okay, offensive line. Okay, let's do that. Okay, and, and I'll get to a third if we can. The first one I want to talk about is uh, Kenny McIntosh. All right, so, again, running backs okay. will be covered in depth with Zamir White, the presumed starting running back. But I, I don't want – I'm trying my hardest to convince all mm-hmm. UGA fans – Mm-hmm. That Kenny McIntosh needs to see his fair share of carries, if not more carries, than Zamir White. And you don't have to look any further than the Baylor game. Now, again, we'll get to Zamir White's stats. They were good in the Baylor game. Heads up. Quick heads up. 
But if you look at Kenny McIntosh and his quick ability to do, I'm not calling him DeAndre Swift, but DeAndre Swift-esque cuts. Uh, if you go back, there were two or three mm. runs in mm. which he was able to change directions very quickly, very fluidly, uh, without a lot of loss of momentum, able to make a man miss in the hole. And that's what that's what is so intriguing to me about Kenny McIntosh. As we open things up, as you have said before, the the running backs will have more room because of the pass, hopefully, in Monk's uh, system. Kitty McIntosh has every ounce to gain of of sheer glory and spotlight in this offense. It was more built to him. Uh, it was more built to make one man miss as everybody else bills out to cover the the passing attack. Uh, and he did just that at at the Sugar Bowl in the Sugar Bowl against Baylor three times. Perfect, beautiful outside runs. They got him net 10, 18, 12 yards. Uh, and I, I just don't want people to sleep on him with his specific skill set in this specific offense. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, long time, um, long time supporter uh, of Kenny McIntosh is Clint. Um, no, no surprise to anyone who has been uh, following along with uh, Clint's takes and feelings that he would say such things about Kenny McIntosh and. Um, while I agree, I also rewatched the Baylor game, and while I agree that Kenny McIntosh um, had himself a nice little game against Baylor, he had six carries for 26 yards, averaging 4.3 mm-hmm. yards a carry. Um, he 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 did not he did not show me any. He maybe had one run mm. that impressed me, but I think more importantly, what you saw. In the Baylor game, let me just let me ask you this about the running back position. This question is going to take you off guard, but oh. um, who, which of the which of the running backs does ever do people expect? Let's just say between Zamir White, James Cook, and Kenny McIntosh, which is the running back that you and most other people would expect to flourish the most in a Todd Munkin style offense? Uh, of those three. Uh, uh, James Cook is who you're going to go to to James think Cook. he's going to flourish. Monken, Monken tends to, it seems like in this past, has used a lot of backs out of the backfield in the passing game. That's clearly where James Cook excels. Now, I take you back to the Sugar Bowl. Clint, do you know how Kenny McIntosh came upon those six carries that he had in the Sugar Bowl? It was because, you may recall, one James Cook went down with injury. James Cook was... It looked like DeAndre Swift was obviously going to stand on the sidelines like a decoy, come in for one flea flicker, and then go back to the bench. It looked like the game plan was that Zamir White and James Cook were going to be kind of 1A, 1B, splitting all those carries. James Cook goes down with an injury. Kenny McIntosh gets his chance. And as you uh, said, he does not disappoint. Kenny McIntosh in the Brian Harrion mold is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ready when called upon. Comes in, Johnny on the spot, always ready. But, um, but if J- if James Cook was the second string running back in that game, under James Coley in the de- in after the deplorable season that James Cook had had, mm. I don't know that I can get behind that James Cook is not going to impress enough to not be the second-string running back going into this season behind Zamir White. And I just wonder where those touches for Kenny McIntosh are going to come. 
Yeah, I, my bank on this is uh, just my take on Kenny McIntosh's personality. He seems like a give me a helmet, I'll go do whatever coach asks me to do, and he seems more like that than anybody else, um, which is which is why I'm going. I get there. that. The, I the get second, that. The second player that flashed, and Daniel, you've you've long been on the side, and after rewatching with eyes, uh, you know what our boy Sawyer's doing, Daniel? What's that? You know, he just pushing people around like it ain't nobody's business. Just moving, folks. Just just pushing people around. Like, do you know who, don't care. who looked like absolute doo doo in the Baylor game? Uh, I could tell you who on a play that went to a toss. It was either Cook. Or McIntosh, and mm-hmm. and he's no longer with the program. Uh, mm-hmm. Cade is mm-hmm. literally staring at the running back run with the ball and does a three sixty and doesn't touch a single person on his way to mm-hmm. block. You know who who taken out two fools on that play? Sawyer, mm-hmm. Jamari Sawyer. Yeah. Do Daniel, you know whose dad has all ten fingers? <laughs> Jamari Sawyer. Jamari Sawyer. Yeah. Actually, we, I, that's an assumption. I just, we haven't confirmed I just made that, it. But Mr. Sawyer, if you're listening to the show, if you could, could just confirm with us, we'd like to break some news. Like we've <laughs> never broken any news before, so like we could just. And by the um, way, that's that's our wheelhouse of news, quote unquote. It really is. Which <laughs> dad has all ten fingers? Uh, no, Jamari Sawyer. I think is set up for. I think he's set up for a big time breakout season. Yeah. This year, and he he did show some flashes of it in the Baylor game. Okay, last being this, um, we know Jorge Pickens had himself a day at the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every target, he, I, Boss Bailey blocked every kick. Jorge Pickens got every target in that uh, game, and and the the determination coming back from suspension and. Uh, playing that game with a no nonsense attitude and catching all the hard routes, all the the big plays as well as the simple routes. Daniel, I don't know. Um, there's only been two wide receivers in the history of college football to win the Heisman, and that's Tim Brown and Charles Woodson. But if there was if there was promise for a third with all the skill, with a guy that can air it out, a new offense, and a go big or go home mentality, uh, it's the Monk, and it's with Newman, and it's with Jorge. Daniel, rewatching that game, I'm reminded we have ourselves a bona fide number one absolute monster, Julio Jones esque wide receiver, and it's exciting. This guy is that dude. Um, and listen, it, he may go on to have <clears throat> this person that I'm about to bring up, he may go on to have a good mm-hmm. career. He may go on to be drafted highly and well thought of. But let me ask you, UJ fans, are any of you out there right now wishing that we had Jaden Hazelwood on the team instead of Jorge Pickens? Anybody? I'm the listening. answer is no. I'm, let me I'm tell waiting you. For, waiting to see if there's any hands in the back. No, no. That's a clean sweep. There are no hands raised. Um, we got the best wide receiver in the class. We got the best wide receiver in the country. Mm-hmm. There's zero point zero percent chance he wins the Heisman. If he wins the Heisman, we got a big time problem because that means nobody else is catching any balls, <laughs> and we're going to be real bad at at football. Yeah. But but to your point, George Pickens is a man, and he absolutely just took whatever he wanted in that game, and I loved it. I loved seeing it. Uh, hey, we're gonna come back and talk defense. The defensive side of the ball had a great game as well. 
Daniel. Uh, they did. Pressured. Knocked a kid out, not not so intentionally. So many pressures, but but the so pressure many got pressures in that to game. Baylor. It was incredible. Um, sacks were not in abundance, but that's because the kid was running around for Baylor and hucking it to the sidelines and trying to get it downfield. Uh, we I had, watched this game, Clint, and I I'm gonna I'm gonna bring out my first spicy take of the 2020 mm. season, not player related, but just mm. football related. Sacks are overrated. Sacks are the mm. most overrated stat in college football. Uh, because quarterback pressures and quarterback hurries, I know they, you don't get the loss yardage, but we did get some, some turnovers. And the incompletions on third down, that's just as good as a sack. You get off the field. Just as good. It's just as good as a sack. Um. This defense was causing disruption left and right constantly in this game. And I don't, you don't need to see sacks if no. that's what they're out there doing. Because no, no one's going to be able to complete a ball. No, And that's what Kirby wanted to redefine Havoc plays as. And everybody gave him junk and gave him a mess for it. But Daniel, you're absolutely right. If you're up in a guy's face and pushing a lineman back into him and he can't plant and drive, and that ball gets sailed over somebody's head or mm-hmm. five yards Guess who's before, back there? Just Richard LeCount back there, just ready to scoop it up and say, all right, I'll go this way. So, uh, no, the defense was incredible, and I loved every moment of it. Uh, And here's who stood out for me on defense, Daniel. Two names on the pressure. Aziz Ojolari. My goodness, Mm. son. Mm, mm, I I rewatched, and it just keeps getting better. It doesn't get dull. It doesn't get boring. He is a freak. Uh, He he ended the game. He He is is so quick. quick. That outside, that poor Mm. left tackle trying to get his hands Mm. on him. Aziz looked like Cade Mays out there trying to play (laughs) left tackle, didn't he? He did. He looked like University of Tennessee standout Cade Mays out there trying to play left tackle. I don't think I've watched... I, I know I have, but in recent memory, a, a worse left tackle performance than that Sugar Bowl. Tyler we, we commented. Yeah, I, that's why I stopped. I stopped because I had to go Tyler Catalina. Um No, Aziz gets that bend to him around the waist, is going. Mm-hmm. It's like his, his torso is at a 90-degree angle, and yet his mm-hmm. legs are sprinting as though it's Nick Chubb running with the football. Mm-hmm. And you can't stop that. Like, I don't, I don't care how good you You just can't stop that when he gets that bend. Aziz Ojolari is a is a wrecking ball in all totality. It's incredible. Uh, and the second name, Nolan Smith, Daniel. My, he, he, he beat a man, pummeled him into the ground like he wasn't nothing but a railroad spike and got up happy as a clam to have done so. And he did that multiple times. Uh, these two guys, again, if, if, if you run the option still or if you run any mesh point against mm-hmm. UGA, like just... Good luck. Sorry. Good, good luck. Sorry. Um, quick question uh, that I'm asking on behalf of my friend Nolan Smith. Is it a 15-yard penalty if you rip a man's left arm with it and knock him out with it by hitting him in the face? <laughs> because <laughs> how how many games into the season before we see Nolan Smith do that? Because that's, that's basically all that's left mm-hmm. for him to do to these poor offensive linemen. Uh I'll tell you who stood out to me, Clint, and I can't believe it. he didn't get a mention, even a mention. Just, a, I mean, may, you might need to cue up the formal apology music next episode, but uh, no love for your boy N'Kobe Dean in this, I, in this rewatch? I try, because look, look Nic- I, I did. Of course I N'Kobe did. N'Kobe Dean 
all over the place in this game. He is chasing quarterbacks down toward the sideline. He's giving he's pressuring up the middle. He's ba- dropping back in coverage. He's making tackles on the run. He is he is everywhere in this game and just a man, a sign of things to come. That guy and Monty mm-hmm. Rice side mm-hmm. by side. Good night. And I mean good night to opposing offenses. Good night. You're done. You're done. Pack it up. Mm-hmm. You finished. Mm-hmm. It's over. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine being an OC coming up with Georgia? Be like, okay, now you see, you see, here is where we're going to attack them. We we're gonna we're gonna go out. Oh no, we can't go outside. I'm sorry, that, no. that's not going to work. Okay, hold on. But we're gonna we're gonna cram it down their throat. Oh, oh wait, big old 99s oh, there. Wait, there's and, jo- there's Jordan Davis. <laughs> there's Jordan Davis. Okay, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. We're gonna get on the second level. We're gonna put a double team on him. We're gonna get a second level and really overpower a middle linebacker. Oh no, Monty Rice ain't moving. Okay. Oh no. Okay. Mm. No. Uh, let's get let's get running backs out in the flat. Oh no. Let's get the a swing pass out there. Already let's there. A, okay. Let's get a, well, yeah. It's gonna let's be it's gonna be fun next year. It's but but be. it was a lot of shining moments and rewatching that just if you if you need some help, one eight hundred Sugar Bowl is what you need to dial up and rewatch mm-hmm. that from last year because it's and the, as you're you as you're watching it as you're watching it listen no not trying to. Not trying to disparage or throw shade, but as you're watching it, just imagine Jake Fromm's not coming back next year. Jamie Newman instead. Oh my. And then and then watch the game. Watch the game as if a pass at the feet of receivers hits them right in between the hits, shoulder pads. Hits and hits them in the hands. Right. That's just, just just one small tweak to the offense. Jake Fromm is a damn good dog. Also also when you watch the game and we run our third, third and 15 draw, uh, just know James Coley has been let go. He's been released from his letter of intent to be a coach at the university. He's no longer with us. Okay. You might you chalk him up to the Corona because he <laughs> might, he is just, he's dead to us. Okay. That's, and then as you watch the Sugar Bowl and you think about the fact that we're replacing James Coley with Todd Monk, and we're replacing Jake Fromm with Jamie Newman. Uh, and we have Zamir White, and we have Kenny McIntosh, and we have James Cook, and we have Jorge Pickens, and we have Dominic Blaylock mm-hmm. on two legs, mm-hmm. and we have uh, all that offensive line plus some coming mm-hmm. back. Um, you feel you start to feel you start to feel some feelings again, Georgia fans. Oh, blood gets blood gets circulating around the Mandula Oblongata. It uh, it goes for a while. By the way, also I need a T-shirt made of Mikhail Sherman coming down from the north on a pale white horse, and in his right hand is coronavirus of, of uh, James Coley, just ooh. dragging he's, a James he's feeding Coley it body. to James Coley. I don't. This shirt is getting complicated. <laughs> I feel like you're gonna I feel like we're gonna have to explain it to people. <laughs> nope. That's really, nope. Nope. Just presented uh, without comment. Without That's, comment. Just in all its glory. You art is supposed to make you feel things, Daniel. You mm, you make determinations. That's true. That's um, true. Hey, we're gonna come back tomorrow and we're gonna talk about one Zamir White. What we need to see from him in the coming season. Uh, and hey, if you're locked up, cooped up and uh, you need some food, uh, our pals over at Locked On Podcast Network, which we're a part of, uh, have an offer for you. Go to DoorDash and put Locked On MBA, and you get your first $100 of uh, delivery fees 
taken care of by them. So DoorDash, Locked On NBA if you need food during this time. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow to talk about Zamir White. See ya.